Hey everybody, this is So Many Sequels. I'm Josh. I'm Garrett. And I'm David. Andrew's calling me. Just hold on. <laughs> I'm going to keep it going. We're going to put this live on the show. Hello. You see, for the viewers. Oh, now he's gone. Oh, Andrew. Even, the, even the phone call was We thought Andrew was going to join this episode, but he has not. And we waited and he hasn't joined. So uh, that's to, to get our viewers and listeners up to speed. Yeah, the joy in progress. If he pops in again, we'll see what happens. Um, but anyway, um, we're continuing our Halloween series on the show this week. Um, we're actually doing um, uh, Garrett's pick this week, which is Train to Busan, the um, 2016, <laughs> the 2016 South Korean um, horror action zombie movie. Um, that's what we're doing today. So, I hadn't seen it before. Had anyone seen it before? Garrett had seen it before. And that makes sense. You know, it was your pick. Sense, yeah. So then we'll start like we have in prior episodes. Why don't you explain why uh, you wanted us to do this movie? There, there were several reasons. Um, you know, I like uh, a, a sillier kind of Halloween type movie. Uh, and so I was leaning towards some of those this year, but I kind of started thinking, uh, we hadn't done a real zombie movie that wasn't like Zombieland. We hadn't done an actual zombie movie, uh, to my recollection. And then we hadn't done a foreign language film or an, an international film uh, for Halloween. So I thought it would be interesting to kind of look at how a different culture, a different country takes on Halloween and their horror films. And I had seen this one, I think, during the pandemic first round, uh, maybe beforehand. And it was so good just really i i felt that they delivered on scares suspense builds i think they gave me a lot of character development that especially with a big cast i really cared for a lot of the characters in it um i think they handled the zombie well i think they handled the dynamic not only between the people and the zombies but the people and the other people and how the zombies make them change towards each other um and i think they played that very well in just two hours um and so it was a lot of fun um really that was pretty much it okay yeah um well i i liked it i'll i'll start by saying that uh you know it's a really cool concept um i feel like it is i you know i've not seen a, a whole like ton of zombie movies but i feel like it is a, somewhat of a trend to have the story take place in a kind of controlled environment. You know, I think back on um, the remake of Night of the Living Dead, where most of it takes place inside a shopping mall. And this one takes place largely on a moving train. And that kind of ups the scare factor for me when you're literally trapped in a, in a train car or a building or whatever with um, rabid zombies. It, it, it helps make it a little scarier, I think, um, especially when you never know who's going to turn next. Um, and I thought this movie did a pretty good job of kind of delaying those turns because there are a few characters who turn along the way and it's always a surprise. Um, and the way the zombies are handled in this movie is super scary. They're so fast and super violent um you know zombies kind of historically or traditionally are slow moving 
and in modern zombie movies, they kind of up that ante a little bit. But this feels like of the move, zombie movies I've seen, like some of the scariest zombies because they run so fast and they yeah, burst yeah. through doors and walls and windows and they just eat you. Um, and they're not dumb. Um, you know, we uh, several weeks ago, we reviewed Army of the Dead on Netflix. And the part one of the kicks to those zombies is that they learned. And this doesn't go that far, but they are smart and capable of like getting what they want. Mm-hmm. You're, you can't just like outsmart them necessarily. So I like that part of it too. And then there's the whole family drama of it um, that helps connect you to the characters and want to see them do well. You know, this little girl wants to go to Busan to be with her mom and her dad, um, was kind of hesitant to do it. But she was kind of sick of her dad, it seemed like, you know, let little kids get. And so it was just kind of nice to see that family dynamic um, evolve over the course of the movie as they try to not uh, get eaten. So I liked it. David? Yeah, this movie was pretty great. I I was actually kind of pleasantly surprised. uh, I, this is, you know, one of the aspects I love about um, our Halloween and Christmas kind of tradition, uh, just kind of picking some movies and not going with strict sequels and stuff, because you can get a lot of versatility or a lot of variety during the Halloween times, because we can do something that's kind of like got a, a, a film history component, like we did last week with The Fog. You can do something that's, you know, kind of like that, you know, all powerful franchise stuff like Halloween kills. That's kind of like this thing that just kept going. And then you, we, we can dip into some of like the foreign styling too. And who knows whatever Andrew's going to pick, but uh, you know, this was really good, really compelling. Um, I, uh, I liked that there's, you know, the zombie genre was established and it was really kind of like really run down to like, what can you do now? And I think that people are constantly trying to figure out fun ways to incorporate zombies into very difficult to win scenarios. There's a puzzle here of we're on this train stuck with these zombies. What do we do? And every, every you know, and it's not just, you know, it's not just zombies on a train. There's, you know, this infection is going on all around South Korea. So it's like, we can't just, we will try to stop. Well, we can't stop. There's more there. So we just have to keep going. And how do we get from this car to this car? There's zombies in the way. And how they figure those problems out is very interesting and very compelling. And like you said, Josh, we get this nice family drama. You know, we got this uh, typical Disney dad who's all about work, right? And doesn't have time for his, doesn't have time for his kids and has to learn along the way, yeah. right? You have, um, honestly, uh, I'm going to butcher his name, but his, his, his American his name, sorry, sorry. <laughs> Please take this boy. Sorry. Uh, his Americanized name is uh, Don Lee, I think. And he's going to be Gilgamesh in Eternals, and we'll talk about that soon. But uh, he's this kind of big, tough guy who is uh, straight up punching zombies. And that is always my favorite character in a movie is the zombie puncher. Um, whether he's, you know, he's wrestling them, taking them down. He's, uh, he's, he's very, he's very, uh, a guy who was, he, he was, he's been ready. He's been, he's just been, he's been waiting for the day that a zombie tries to punk him out, right? Uh, so, that was a lot of fun, and his character arc is a lot of fun. Uh, I was not ready for the amount of people that uh, we would get attached to and and lose, but uh, I have to say, the 
they did an incredible job of really getting you to invest in the characters. And I kind of thought that would be difficult with the language barrier. Um, but I'm always surprised when that never when, when that doesn't actually happen. I always think like, because I can't, because I'm having to all, you know, go down, like, because I'm having to read along what they're saying that sometimes the emotional aspect isn't going to connect but the little girl. Mm. Fantastic. The dad, fantastic. Everybody involved in this uh, just does a great job. Um, and uh, uh, it's, you know, and, and, and it's appropriately scary when it needs to be. Um, and uh, so, yeah, uh, I'll tell you what, though, the Koreans, the Korean filmmakers, they know how to make their bad guys just bad. <laughs> just like, yeah. just like F this guy, like the amount of times I shook my head went, this guy like this guy is just bad and he keeps getting away with it and it's just so awful i just wanted to see that guy die so bad at the end all he had to do was close a single door at any point in time and three people's lives could have been i know i know but he just didn't close the door i was like this guy it was like he was like he couldn't wait to throw somebody figuratively and literally out of the uh, under the bus you know it was it was like he couldn't resist it uh and so I, I i was like you know what i feel like it's been a while since i wanted to see a character die so bad <laughs> yeah yeah i think they do a really good job of that because there are several times throughout the movie where it's like you know what i hope you do die i i find myself rooting for the zombies to kill yeah. certain people and i'm like i hope you die a very i hope you get one of them brutal ones i hope that i see you convulse and contort and twist your arm and all that stuff i hope you die painfully and every time he would manage to snake away we're talking about the uh, well, a little bit of spoiler we're talking about the uh, businessman i i i couldn't he quite this. i couldn't quite he was the C- he, he was the coo of another railway okay, okay. Railway was that was mine. what i thought that's what i thought but i couldn't quite inter- i couldn't quite uh figure out what exactly if that was the case or not yeah. every time he would sneak away snakes just snake his way out of it i was like oh god this guy needs to get it but you know this is like the third or fourth korean film i've watched and it's kind of the case every time man they like their bad guys are just objectively bad dudes yeah i also agree a lot with the character arc of the husband of the pregnant woman i again <laughs> i don't i can't i'm not going to try to i don't want to butcher their names so just drive the characters um, his character is, you're right, David, throughout there, he is just ready to punch a zombie and ready to make that sacrifice. But what I think they do with that character is that they make him a lot more emotionally available than the father of the young girl, the main character, which just based on looks alone is not something that you see based on how they look in most films. I would say that the guy who is ready to punch a zombie is not the emotionally uh, stable one most of the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas this one, the father was the, un- the emotionally unavailable one and really had to grow into that. And you see that development. And again, you see that rub off from his daughter, from how he- she's treating the older women to how she's interacting with the couples versus him trying to close the door in their face. And so he really progresses throughout the whole thing. And in addition to the elements that are added from the scariness of the zombies. Um, You know, a lot of times during this movie, the zombies are not the main focus. They are just the enhancer of a a bigger message they're trying to get across. I think they do a really good job of fading in and out of when you need to focus on the zombie scary and when you can focus on the storytelling. You know, and 
uh, as one more thing, you know, this, uh, this cast actually is a pretty still very active cast. Like I said, we've got um, Don Lee is going to appear in uh, Eternals. Um, the father, um, Gong Yu, I believe is how you say his name. He was, uh, he was just in Squid Game. And then uh, the baseball player, uh, he was uh, he was the son in Parasite. He was the lead son mm. in Parasite. So, uh, and 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 that's not to say that the, the female characters aren't also in a lot of things. Um, I'm just kind of casually going through their their IMDb's now, and it's a very good cast. And we and, and this cast is continuing to get get good get good roles, and that's really exciting to see um, because I think a lot of times people people ignore the fact that there are flourishing film industries outside of Hollywood, and um, they kind of measure all things by Hollywood and not to say that Hollywood isn't the biggest, but uh, the, the South Korean film industry is very good and has a lot of talented performers. Yeah, it is very good. And it's been exciting to see uh, more Korean cinema kind of make its way into the um, American mainstream. Um, I just lost my train of thought. Um, you got, <laughs> you got Parasite taking home the big prize at the Oscars a couple years back. You got, like you mentioned, Squid Game is is Netflix's, I believe it's Netflix's most watched series of all time now, officially. Um, Train to Busan. Um, and then, of course, you know, in the outside of film, there's uh, the K-pop music industry is huge. So uh, whatever they're doing with their entertainment industry is working because um, it's really blowing up over here in America. And that is cool to see because you're exactly right david a lot of people especially americans don't think about the fact that there are outside of hollywood um films and art and so many great things being made but um over here we're kind of quick to dismiss foreign films i think you know it's easy it's it, it's easy to do because uh, you know the united states and, and hollywood just kind of exports so much that we just don't get a lot of imports and uh and but uh i think you know the more the more successful these movies can be and these shows can be uh, you know and it's kind of funny because there is a big there's a big i think there's a big desire for it there's a lot of people who are fans of either japanese uh, uh programming or or uh, uh or south korean programming so i feel like that honestly we're having an easier time getting those kind of films into the mainstream than we are like french or uh, or, or Spanish films, you know, like, I, I don't know, I'm not sure how that occurred, but, um, but I ended up doing a lot of research about Busan and South Korea just after watching this movie, because I just kind of found the whole, the whole idea and the whole premise to be very fascinating. Uh, so let's talk about the zombies themselves in this movie. Yeah, they're freaky. Yeah, they got a, they got a very good look. They look, I mean, they look like zombies. Yeah. But uh also... Uh, they didn't go. They didn't like try to do anything too crazy with like jaws hanging off or you know, uh, uh, you know, the skin melting off of them or anything. These are very like fresh zombies. Yeah, and I like they went with that because um, it it kept them humanistic, you know. Um, but I I like the slow transition of this virus where like you know one of the first people that we see kind of um, become zombified on the train we first see her just kind of like limping down the aisle. And then we see a shot of her legs and her legs are like getting all veiny and white and gross and in their eyes wide over, like it's gross, man. Yeah, yeah I think 
Go ahead, David. Oh, I was just saying, I think, yeah, you know, they kind of illustrate that, like, it is like a virus that slowly moves through you, like a venom. And she, you can see when she gets on the train, she, like, ties, like, a, a band around her leg, you know, to kind of, like, cut off the circulation, mm. to kind of, like, stave it off. But it just doesn't, it just doesn't, it only work for so long. Well, what was, the first thing that you see as far as, like, a zombie type thing is a deer. And yeah. so they, the deer gets run over and then it starts to to get back up and be evil and then it's eyes wide over and it's like, what the hell is that? Um, I think we talked we talked last week about the fog and kind of how it was slow all the way through and never really ratcheted up. And I feel like this movie did a good job of ratcheting up throughout the movie. Start, and, and I think the evolution of the zombies and just the brutality of it um, is a good example of that because it does start off you really see the slow painstaking process of the the veins and the development and the the just the contortion again that kind of stuff really gets to me whenever there's convulsing and there's twisting and there's creepiness and it all looks like these people are actually doing it which just yeah. enhances it and so from there it starts off slow and then they build you see these more zombies I mean I think you know, the first time they're running from the train, they just like explode out the back so unexpected. And it's just like out of nowhere. They're just all over the place. And then they swarm and it ends with them just grabbing the train and holding on. And like, it's, it's so many zombies just being pulled by this one train. It's just relentless and they're And yeah, they don't do too much to go over the top. They do the simple effects. They do the the nasty looking skin, blood and wide eyed or like clouded eyes and yeah. that, and they just do it well, which really just, I think is scarier than, you know, some of the over the top things that you can do that look great, but you know, this is in mass, just terrifying. Yeah. This is, like I said, these are zombies that are, these are fresh zombies. You know, these aren't like zombies that have been decaying for like months. And this isn't, this isn't like months into a pandemic, a zombie pandemic. This is, uh, day one and uh, it's a great combination of visual effects special effects and makeup right where you have you have uh, those moments where they like they like burst violently out of windows you know um, as though the window is like is, as though like they're being shot from a cannon like and there's like a moment later on where they're chasing the the train and they like they like they're getting close but all of a sudden like a bunch of them get too close together and they like bundle up and fall it's kind of got like a like a like a world war z level of zombie vibe to it but um, I'm reading here that the zombie makeup on them, you know, in, uh, in Hollywood, that'd probably be mostly visual effects that they would add on, but it's all, it's all airbrushing, all the veins and stuff. It's all airbrushing contacts yeah. and, uh, and then just face makeup. So it's you know, and obviously like, you know, whatever, whatever, you know, put some blood packs in drool it. Um, so it's, it's a good combination of all of those things. Um, I like you. Yeah. At the end. Yeah. With the train and they're all grabbing on, they like mm. basically form like a sheet. Yeah. so well that like some zombies can get up and crawl along the other zombies mm. along the top you know it's it's uh very uh very inventive in a lot of ways but also it doesn't like try to overdo it i think some sometimes you see a zombie type movie and people try to like think of like what's the craziest thing a zombie could do and i think this doesn't this doesn't try to like do anything too crazy it's all stuff that would just that seems like oh crap that's that's bad that's terrifying um you know, I like the reveal that the zombies can't really see in the dark. Um, what a great, what a great uh, uh, kryptonite, <laughs> you know, yeah. if you're in a zombie apocalypse, like, well, they can't really see at night or in the dark. So you just got to be quiet, 
and you know and and they they find you know it's like like we talked about it's a puzzle how yeah. can we get past these things yeah oh well now we know a weakness they have so i wanted to talk about that because i feel like you know i'm gonna weirdly compare this to twilight just for a hot second just for a hot second because <laughs> this it, zombies in general are the one genre of supernatural thing i feel like that you could really work with the lore of because uh, it's just an undead thing right mm. so like twilight when they did their um rebranding of vampires that like made them sparkle in the sunlight or whatever and people didn't like that i feel like that's tweaking with a thing that has been around for so long but with zombies as long as they are undead then you can create something with them like it is not a common thing across all the lores of zombie movies that they are blind right it's not all of them that they are deaf some of them they can't hear but with the zombie movie you can really kind of create it in a way and i think that they set that up well with the, especially with the clouded eyes because it really does give some cadence to the fact that it would be very difficult for them to just see in the dark because their eyes are clouded so like things like that that they do to just kind of insert some kind of you know, it's a storytelling element, but it adds to that suspense and that drama that they can, we, how are they going to get from this train to this train if it's just a bunch of undead zombies who can't get anything? So you put your own twist on it and I like that creativity. Yeah. yeah it, doesn't, it doesn't work with like vampires and stuff because, you know, those are things There's that so people many. are so no and like that is the lure, you know, garlic, vampires, crosses, sunlight, you know, those are the things that you yeah. can't take away. Yeah, there's so many. There's a lot of there's a lot of uh, uh, rules about vampires and werewolves and stuff that people have kind of that are so part of the pop culture that when you change that, people kind of go, "Huh, a weird change." Like I think, think that another thing about Twilight was that the werewolves weren't actually werewolves; they were like some other thing altogether. But you know, it is what it is. Uh, uh, yeah, I think this is a pretty. This might be one of the best zombie movies I've seen in the last ten years easily. If not, if not ever. I think that's fair. I would agree with that. Um, you know, and and the uh, the other great uh, the other great thing about this is that um, I'm reading here that uh, they were heavily inspired by uh, a couple of like two different video games, uh, which is uh, Seven Days to Die and Silent Hill. Which are I've not played. I don't play horror games too much, but I have played both of those. I and uh, I didn't. I, I didn't pick up on those inspirations watching it, but it, I can kind of see it now reading it. I can visualize it. Cool. Okay. Great. Well, shall we talk about how this movie performed? Um, in the we box can. This should be a slightly different one because this is not a, um, you know. Domestic is is U.S. for us, but it no, they here. I've got, I've, but, I've got some domestic numbers, which I'll get into in a minute. But I've got also got a, like a rundown of how it performed in its international markets. Uh, I do want to say too, this movie does have a uh, a related sequel, if you will. Uh, I like this phrasing. It's called a standalone sequel. <laughs> it's like, what does that mean? Standalone sequel. It's uh, in the same universe. It's called Peninsula. It came out last year. Uh, which is about this it's about the same event but obviously not on a train so uh train of busan uh, performed very well uh, it made 90 million dollars internationally two million dollars in the united states and canada um now you might be saying two million wow people really didn't want to go see this but they really didn't have that much of an opportunity this uh in terms of its american release this movie was never in more than 21 theaters so uh there wasn't a lot of opportunities for people to go see it 
But you look at those international numbers and uh, it's, it, did, it did very well. Like I said, 90 million. It is uh, brought in 80.5 million just in South Korea and uh, 15 million in other countries. It's the highest grossing Korean film uh, in several countries, Malaysia, Hong Kong, Singapore. Uh, uh, it's uh, stated that more than 11 million people in South Korea went to see Train to Busan. So that's, that's a pretty high number. They must track that better than we can. I, think they, uh, I, I was trying I was looking for that statistic too David because I was trying to remember the way that it was worded but I can't find it, it it's like the most attended movie I think yeah. in Korean or South Korea yeah and it's the it's the highest grossing uh film for South Korea uh, in 2016 um and I can see why uh, it's got it's got kind of a lot of appeal I imagine that you know like we talked about the stars these are like uh, this would be this would be like a star studded cast uh for an American equivalent um, like I said, in the United States and Canada, brought in just over two million. Uh, in uh, oh, I'm sorry, its highest its highest theater number was uh, was 36. That was the most theaters it was ever in. Um, so that 2.2 million on just like a very small theater count, pretty good. Um, it's a uh, it uh, its highest. What was its highest weekend? Uh, 284,000. So pretty good. Um, that's really all the, the 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 stats I have in terms of that. Um, in terms of its uh, box office performance, I felt like there was one other thing I was going to say about it, though. I can't remember. But all right, that's uh, we can we can advance to the next part. Yeah, that's all I got. Cool. Um, okay. Well, then we will need oh, to. Uh, I don't oh. remember who won the letter. Oh. I know what I was. Actually, I remember what it was. I'm reading here, and I don't know where where we stand on this. But there is the idea for an American remake of this. Oh yeah, I yeah, I remember this being a thing. Yeah. I don't remember now, the details. I, I would be down on this. I don't know much about the writer, but supposedly one of the producers of the films would, of the film would be James Wan. So James Wan, uh, like him a lot from the Conjuring universe and uh, uh, Aquaman, and uh, he uh, he's pretty good. So uh, what would you think that what would be the equivalent? It's gotta be like train to Chicago. That's it has to be, be a subway, right? It's gotta be a subway. There's not a lot of American passenger train systems as yeah. there are in other countries. I would think, and I looked it up, Busan is the is the second most populous city in South Korea. So it's, a, it's an Amtrak from Delaware to DC, and that's it. Train to DC. It's an hour-long ride. You've heard yeah. of Abraham Lincoln, Vampire Hunter? Get ready for Joe Biden, Zombie Killer. That's what it is. Ooh, there you go. There you go. The, uh, Amtrak thinking, train. Amtrak Joe will take care of him. I don't know what the second most populous city in the United States is. It's got to be Los Angeles, right? So it's got to be like train to LA. I think so. That's got to. That's that. That's got to work, right? I don't know. It's gonna be very different because obviously there's a lot of cultural differences that you have to come overcome for that, for that, for that, for that remake. But anyway. Sorry, let's move on to the to the letterbox game. All right, cool. Who's running it this week? Um, I believe Garrett is. Oh, good, because I just saw the score anyways. Perfect. <laughs> well, I'm going to hope yeah. that this is a higher scoring movie. I, I hope so, because um, I think it's better. You know, I'm going to use this. I'm going to use this as, as a time to say, um, I don't know that, you know, I, this movie's perfectly good. Why does there need to be an American remake? Uh, yeah. This movie's only five years old. It uh, works perfectly well today. I think the answer, unfortunately, is only so people can make money off of it. I mean, 
you know, you, you, David, you said that at any point in time, it was only in what, 36 theaters, mm. this version of this movie. So there's mm. no reason why Warner Brothers couldn't work with the company to get it into more theaters and strike yeah, some kind of partnership mean. to get more eyes on this current version, which I think would be good because again, even, oh. you know, I think that it is important to be able to, to see these movies in their original form because you can still connect with a lot of the storytelling. And I think that is that visual representation for a lot of people to go see movies, it connects them with people maybe they wouldn't normally connect with on a level that they don't interact with, right? You see people that you don't see in your regular life on a movie screen telling stories that you can connect with. I think that helps, but you're right to take this such a recent movie and Americanize it is really only monetarily the that's the that's gonna be that's gonna be the question is whether or not an American remake means an Americanized movie like with uh for for not just get into it with like with like white stars or right. you know American stars if they if they wanted to make this movie again but they really wanted to keep the 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 essence of it and like hire um south korean actors or even just like asian american actors as the the stars of the film still then there might be an argument for like hey let's try it out and we'll just you know the, the main difference is going to be in english yeah. you know um that might be an interesting way to go about it i'm seeing that they haven't really attached the director but they were talking with an indonesian film director so that's kind of surprising but you know if if the idea is to like you know make this movie with I, i'm gonna <laughs> I love this guy, but this is going to, they make this movie with Chris Evans and, uh, and uh, the rock, you know, as, uh, as, 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 the, as the zombie puncher. And uh, who's a, who's a good young kid. Oh, and Timothy Chalamet is the baseball player or something like that. <laughs> like if that's the goal, then it's going to be, it's going to feel, it's going to feel forced. It's going to feel yeah. weird. But if they want it, like I'm always up for an American, I'm always up for a remake. If, they take advantage of doing something different, doing something new, or just giving opportunities to people who don't normally get these kind of opportunities. Like the original movie's still there, it's still probably going to be better. But you know, you know, if you get creative people attached and you give you give some 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 opportunities to people who don't normally get good movie opportunities, you know, I will I'd be willing to I'd be willing to see what they can do anyway. But I also don't think it really needs one, but um so so with that i'm gonna guess a 3.9 yeah yeah so i'm thinking too letterbox loves foreign films so i will go even higher a little bit and i'll give it i'm gonna guess a 4.1 3.9 a 4.1 what if it was right in the middle what would you guys do? 4.0. I guess I'd have to figure that out. It's not. Work. It's yeah. not, thankfully. One of you is right, so it makes my job easier. It is Josh. It is a 3.9 on the oh, letter. exactly box. a 3.9. 3.9. There you go. Good. <laughs> another win for Josh. I got to write that down. Put another tally under my name. On the Josh name. All right, cool. Well, um, let's see here. I also... Oh, we don't have Andrew here to pick the new next movie. Oh, so what, what would you give it, Josh? Um, it, I think I think it's a four stars for me. I think I can get with that. Yeah, you know, I'm uh, I'm gonna say the same. I'm gonna say four stars. I'm gonna I'm gonna up it just a bit to a four and a half. There you go. 
there you go. The only thing that would have helped this movie for me in general, and this is not something that the movie creators had any control over, but, um, you know, Amazon Prime is where I watched this. And so they had subtitles, but they didn't have, they didn't have titling for all text. So there's a lot of text on the screen at times. Uh -huh. I had no idea what, what information was being conveyed there. Sometimes they would have text for a sign that said like, you know, hazard or warning or something. But like guys would have their phone out and they'd have like text messages or there was like the TV screen. And I was like, I don't, there's information being conveyed there that I'm not going to be able to pick up on, unfortunately. Uh, so like, that's not really a knock on the movie. That's more so a knock on uh, the conversion to, to uh, you know, rate or whatever. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Great. Well. Yeah. 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 Well, where's Andrew? What is his movie going to be? Exactly. Um, the world may never know. I guess everyone will find out as a surprise next week as we um, extend Halloween Keep it going. into November. Dia de los Muertos. And then, you know, I'm assuming we will jump right into the Eternals after that. Yep. Yeah. So yeah we'll give everybody a chance to see Eternals before we, uh, we, we spoil oh, the review. Oh, yeah. That's perfect. Um, I think we got some fun stuff coming up um you know obviously there's going to be some big movies for the end of the year we've got our annual christmas um bonanza in december um mm -hmm. before we kind of wrap up the season so it's fun i like this part of the year when um we're 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 starting to wind down it's a slow it's a long wind down but it's a really fun one and this next season should hopefully be better than ever um this one was a bit of a well, you thankfully yeah, yeah. There we were, close. There, we were so be, close a couple of times i know there'll be, a, there'll, be there'll be movies in theaters again so that'll that's be a big the thing. that's the thing is season five man that's it right i think it's season five next year i think so wow wow yeah I think we're, we're, we're veterans in this podcast game now we're headed towards that, that too last longer than most network sitcoms remember that time we were nominated for an award and now we gotta push for that again Yes, it'll happen. It'll happen if you're listening any award committees. Um, okay, well, yeah, that that that's it for us then. Um, we'll be back with one more spooky movie next week. Um, until then, you can find us online at so many sequels.com where we've got all our links in a very handy list for you there. So you can subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever else you catch pods. Um, and then of course our YouTube channel has the video version of these episodes if you um, just really need to see our faces. And I don't blame you if you do. And sometimes um, you get lucky and you get to see uh, David's son. Yeah, every now and then he'll pop in. You might hear him on the podcast every now and then, but sometimes you get to see him on YouTube. So you can subscribe to us there um, because everybody loves to see babies. Yeah, and he's a pretty good looking kid. Exactly, um, this is what I'm saying. This is what I'm saying. I, I know everybody says that, but I I think I have I, I think I have documented proof that he's actually he's like, oh here he comes. Oh he's, he's here, here for the YouTube hey. audience. He's like, hey, I want that in my mouth. That was mine. I don't want the YouTube audience. I no. want the thing. Hello. Say hello to your fans. Hello. <laughs> oh man. Okay. Well, go find us online, do all that fun stuff, and we'll see you guys next time. Um until then, have fun with life. <laughs>